There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to pod 28 of Red Side Le Trent, which is a podcast where we cover extensively Premier League Nottingham Forest. As following yesterday's victory at Wembley Stadium, a 1-0 win over Huddersfield Town after 23 painful years. Forest are back in the top flight and dining at that table once more. And yeah, I mean, as, as always, I'm joined by Adam Wicklow, Reese Lane and Lee Clark. I'm back in the hot seat. Thought we'd end as we started. Well, it could be the end of this season. I don't know. We'll, have to, we'll come on to that at some point, I'm sure. But what a day. Let's, let's start with there's only one place to start because let's face it, the game was shit. We'll, we'll focus on the before and after as well. Before the game was great. Okay, so you, know, you pull up at train stations, red everywhere. No, we clearly outnumbered their fans, and that showed inside the stadium as well. No, obviously, I got to, I was lucky enough to get to Green Man about ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, not long after me, you know, Reese. Not long after him was Adam. Not long after him was Lee. First time all four of us actually met in person. And if we're going to get results like that, maybe we should do it more often, guys. And you know, fantastic atmosphere from start to finish. You know, flares going off in the garden. You know, everyone having such a brilliant, brilliant, great time. Like. You know, beach balls being thrown around all over the place, you know, chance going off left, right and centre. It was just like, if you could just like avert like an, um, a visual dictionary, if you like, of people having a great time, you'd show the scenes of Green Man that garden. So, yeah, top work to everyone was there. But we will now go on to the game. And, uh, I mean, it started, if you look at the, from when Forest even went to the grounds, I mean, like, you know, they had their little clappers for their little song along. And then, you know, we did the first... Uh, rendition of Mullick Tyre and you know you can, I thought then no this is it also um, one of my little superstitions sorry is I always go through gate number seven at City Grounds for the main stands and my gate at Wembley was number seven so I knew they were going to win anyway but um, <laughs> it was actually obviously not a little difficult than that as it was Reese, and you know it looked like very early on that it'd be a case of Forrest just looking to pick the lock you know we were controlling a lot of the ball Huddersfield clearly had no intention of trying to press or even get out their own half really I think we finished the first half of 68% possession but obviously we have to be very patient do you think that sort of helped us in a way? Um, it, that's a tough one to say um, I thought they started was it the first five or so minutes they started better um, I think they won a free kick literally in the first minutes I think we gave a sloppy free kick away and you know, I was saying to Adam, you know, this we don't want to give these any real set pieces because that's probably how they was going to score. I felt after that we settled into the game a bit more. Um, I think probably Garner's tackle early on probably made us settle into the game. Um, and then and then after that, it was <laughs> to be fair, you gotta give them credit. Or the they had a block, they 
squeeze tight when we tried to get out to the wings of Spence and Johnson. We we did get Spence down there, didn't we, a couple of times in the first half, but not really too much. And the game was petering out really to half time. And I think most people would have thought, yeah, it's going to be nil nil at half time. And then, you know, the mistake they did make is allowing Jimmy Garner to whip a ball and didn't close him down quick enough put it into a good area. He did before, which uh, Yates was very unlucky to head wide. Second time he's put it in and Yates has made a great run in there. Centre-half has smashed it straight into the top corner. So, unfortunate from their perspective, but we'll take that every day of the week. And it was a bit strange when it went in. I don't know about you guys, but it, it was like quite weird how it had just happened because the ball had just pinged straight into the top corner and it's like shit that's a fucking goal you know, <laughs> you know what I mean so I don't think anyone knew who'd scored and you know it then filtered through like it was an own goal so yeah to go in one and a half time was brilliant absolutely yeah and as you say like I mean it was, it's quite ironic for you that you know, of all the goals that we've scored this season there have been some beautiful beautiful finishes as well which we'll come on to later on of course and um, the one that gets us promoted is the ugliest goal that we score all season, but they all count. That's all that matters. Oh, they don't, according to some fans, own goals don't count. Oh, anymore. yeah, yeah. Uh, from yeah. Derby's new owner's wife and oh, other bitter fans. Yeah, that's it. As Reese mentioned, Lee, obviously, you know, uh, Yates had a great chance with that header, which was almost like an identical, if you think of the goal from the City Grounds, um, the FA Cup game, which the winning goal turned out to be. It was basically the exact same routine, similar position free kick, similar sort of ball in. And so this time Yates just flashes it wide. Is it like it was one of those that like when you watch the replay, it was sort of like, oh, you know, you feel a bit sort of like he's been burying those for fun this season. And so did you sort of start to think, get a little bit nervous when that sort of flashed past the post, or were you still pretty level headed at that point? Yeah, I was still quite level headed, I think. Um I think it's almost like he... He kind of tries too hard to glance those in, doesn't he? I think he kind of has to, when a ball's whipped in that well, you've kind of got to let the ball do the work almost. Um, I mean, it's not a criticism. His goal returns have been good, certainly since the, the turn of the year. So, uh, no, I didn't I didn't for one minute think, oh, no, here we go again. I, I, I still felt that we were in the game and after the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, I felt that we were the, the team most likely to get the goal before half-time. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing I noticed as well was at Huddersfield, I think I felt looked a bit more nervous than we did after the first sort of five, ten minutes. They were making a lot of silly mistakes, you know, simple passes going out stray, first touches panning off, that sort of thing. I thought okay. I think I think they almost had a game plan to give us the ball. Um, but they didn't execute it particularly well, I didn't think, certainly in the first half. Um it was kind of like, We'll give you the ball, but we're actually gonna give it to you and let you attack really dangerous areas, which I don't think was part of the game plan. Um and obviously the goal came from, you can't let Jimmy Garner whip a ball in from there. You just, you just ask him for, for trouble. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come on to that now, actually, Adam, of course. So, you know, I think some credit has to go to Jack Cole back there for his pre-assist of the sort of the duck down. It's a great ball in from Garner, you know, and I think actually, in all seriousness, Colback does sort of confuse their back line into panic there because they all sort of like might have fractionally eased off Yates and then, so he ducks, the ball's there and have to respond very quickly. That might even that might have been what forced Carwell to sort of make that well beautiful finish into the top left hand corner. Yeah, um I mean what was Colbat doing in a six yard box? I don't know. Um it was a good patient move, I thought. Um good anticipation from Colback. And 
Colwell has to make a decision to go for the ball because does Yates get there and nod it in or does the ball go straight in past Nichols anyway because it, it came in with a bit of pace and at the time I didn't think I just thought he kind of floated it in and yeah great like you take them every day of the week don't you but Yates seemed to have all of our chances didn't he yesterday it was a bit bit mental like I thought our decision making was not always the best it could have been that's probably the occasion Huddersfield let us get in, get our foot on the ball which was good because if they'd watched that semi-final against Sheffield United second leg, you just know to put the pressure on us and we'd have would have probably been kicking the ball out of play like they were doing. But like people like Warrell could settle in because he, he was poor in that game, but looked a lot better. Although, yeah, he got taken on a few times. But Garner, Yates, Colback, McKenna and Cook could get on the ball and kind of dictate play a bit. I just felt sorry for, for Keenan Davis yesterday. He did a lot of running, but not, not received a lot of the ball, unfortunately. I felt it was the same when Sarage came on, to be fair. They had a very unenviable job yesterday, I felt, the striker, just because of the way Huddersfield was set up. It was just to sort of take that out. It was, right, the same, it was the same for them, though. Rhodes and yeah. Ward had nothing. They had no sniff of the ball whatsoever. So we, we cancelled each other out. It was just two teams that didn't want to lose, and we just happened to get the rub of the green on the day, especially with the decisions later on we'll talk about. Obviously, that's how finals go, isn't it? I mean, to be fair, I mean, also, like, like you said, though, I mean, like, all the chances did for you, isn't it? Obviously, he had that shot that nearly like took out some Huddersfield kid in the stands when he could have slipped Johnson in, but obviously, we'll forgive him. Um, anyway, Reese, of course, one thing it looked like was that you know, and something that Yates actually confirmed after the game, really, it was that Forrest were pretty happy with one goal, they just felt that was enough. And, you know, they, uh, we sort of went, I think Yates' terminology was a low to mid block in the second half to just sort of like you know, ride it through. And if we needed a break, we got we could. Did you think that, I mean, obviously it worked. Again, as we said, that's how finals do tend to go. But it's quite nice knowing that Forrest can see one goal and be oh, that's enough. Yeah, I, th- I think the problem for the championship playoff final now is there's so much money at stake. It's just, you just don't get the quality of game. I think the further down the pyramid you go, you look at the game on the eye and they're a lot better, you know, Rex and Grimsby springs to mind. And, you know, I know, I know Mansfield were poor against Port Vale, but, you know, that had three goals in it, for example. It was, it was always going to be tight yesterday. I said that on the previous pod, it was always going to be either one bit of brilliance, a mistake, which, you know, pretty like it was, scrappy goal. But yeah, second half, um, you know, they had all it was a bit of a flip, wasn't it? In the first half, they had all the ball. We was in a block. Did they cause as many problems? Not really, because didn't have a shot on target for one. You know, and this is why when they're moaning about penalty claims, as I'm sure you'll get onto with as resident referee, um, if you're not, not having a shot on target in 90 minutes, you've got to be looking at other ways to blame because that's that's appalling at any level, let's be honest. You know, I wouldn't expect us to go to Man City next season not have a shot on target. So, you know, they did they didn't they didn't do enough second half. Um, you know, when they brought to be fair, when they made the swords, brought homes on and that, they did stretches a few times. I thought Russell come on and did really well for them because it allowed him to get on the ball in the centre mid, hog dropped in, didn't he? And he got on the ball and allowed him a bit more passages of play. Um, but no, you know, Samba and then obviously Horvath didn't have a save to make. You know, they had that O'Brien shot, didn't it, which looked at our end like it was really close because Horvath went full stretch, but actually that was about 10 yards wide. So, yeah, brilliant. Like like Yates, he said, he's, um, if we, we needed one goal, we got it and we, we saw it out, kept a clean sheet. 
Yeah, it's, very good. it's a very good point, actually, because, of course, obviously, like the, the finances of the final, I mean, what's it? It ranges depending on what outlet you read from 170 to 195 million pounds that game was worth. So that's normally why they're, you know, as we said before, they're, most finals have settled by one goal. And that's just how it is because you know, neither team wants to lose. It's a, it's a let's not lose approach rather than let's try and win. And that, you know, thankfully we're on the right side of it this time. But Lee, obviously, it could have been very different. Um, obviously, Huddersfield had not one but two penalty claims. Uh, now, before we get onto your analysis of this, obviously, we all expressed sort of surprise that John Moss was given the gig to begin with. But for the first one, I mean, this could be like, Forest bias. Sort of. I actually think the first one isn't a penalty. I think Toffolo's dived. I think, and to be fair, like there's that angle, a replay behind Toffolo. You can clearly see he's going to grounds. He's it's <laughs> so high. It's above his. Um, it's by Colback's knee. But by the time everyone says I was making contact with it, and it's a very theatrical dive as well. The second one, however, I think personally, Lowe's been a bit clumsy and got caught out. But there's no appeal from the Huddersfield players. So obviously, the referees is going to give it as coming together. But Lee, obviously, as Reese uh, is labelled you as a resident ref, what's your uh, take on the, on the two incidents? I mean, before I answer your question, I, th- I think it speaks volumes, doesn't it? That every single pod we've done this season, we've you've quizzed me on something that's happened on the pitch from a referee. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> what chance have we got, really? But um, yeah, I think you've just summed that up pretty well, actually. Um, the first one is a, a blatant dive for me. Um, I actually thought that was a really good decision. Um, I think Moss gets a lot of bad press for his weight. Um, he's not the, he doesn't fill the kit like Michael Oliver does or Steve Martin in the championship. He looks like he can bench press a few pounds, doesn't he? But um, yeah, but what he does do, I think he, he gets himself into decent positions to see the big decisions. And he did that yesterday. I actually thought he had a good game yesterday. Um, I'm happy to be proved wrong. And I think it, I was really disappointed that a fixture with that much riding on it was given on sentimental grounds, but I thought he, did, he had a really good game. I thought both, both of his assistants were pretty good as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, the second one, I think, is a foul. Um, so the fact it's in the box is a penalty. Um, but do you know what? Shit happens, doesn't it? I mean, Huddersfield are acting like we've had the refereeing decisions all season. I mean, one of the reasons we got VAR in the first place in this final was because Stuart Atwell came out and apologised for one of his assistants who was flagging planes in at Bournemouth. Um, so, you know, like I say, shit happens. They didn't get it. And like you say, there wasn't much of an appeal. Um, obviously, there was from the stands, but not from the players on the pitch, except for O'Brien. I don't think anyone else even appealed for it. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen Michael Heffler analysing it on uh, Sky. He actually said that the second one should have been given on the basis that the ref knows he messed up on the first one. <laughs> Well, did it come up on the big screen? Did I miss it coming up on the big screen? Oh, yeah, John Moss has just admitted he got that one wrong. I mean, come on. Like a referee would ever do that anyway. Oh, yeah, I think I might have got that one wrong. Even though I've got a bloke watching it for VAR, I think I might have got it wrong, so I'll go looking for another penalty. I mean, come on. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not buying this whole... I, I saw someone last night say it was rigged. It was rigged for us to win because we bring more to the Premier League. Well, we, we've just had 14... Seasons in the championship, so how on earth is, does that work? Um, I mean, it's ludicrous, isn't it? Like I say, it was only earlier this month that we were getting skanked at Bournemouth, so it is what it is. There's happened on a grander stage, but that game to us meant a lot of the time. We, we might not have needed to play Sheffield United at Huddersfield if, if we'd have got that penalty on that day. So, 
Yeah. I hope, sure. I hope, I hope Lee, that, that means it's, it's levelled itself out now, isn't it? Well, I mean, you could say that. <laughs> you could say that one yesterday. I suppose does count for about ten, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, well, it's it's a decision that's gained us under ninety-five. I've picked up three newspapers today, and every, every we're getting one hundred and seventy-five million to one, one hundred and eighty in another, and close to two hundred in another one. So, yeah, I suppose given the finances that we're going to get on the back of Huddersfield not getting that. Penalty. Um, yeah, it probably has evened itself out. Sambra have saved it anyway. Did they not see him against Sheffield United? <laughs> That's a fair point. No, I think I, my uh, logic has always been that if after a game you haven't won it, if your sole reasoning is the referee, then you haven't done enough as a club to win the game anyway. Mm. No, they, they didn't have a shot on target. Huddersfield. You know, they had 90 minutes in a game that meant 100, that meant literally 195 million pounds, whatever, promotion to the Premier League, mm. and they didn't even try to have a shot on target. And so if you're going to sit there and blame the referee, why don't you look inwards first and think, why didn't we actually try and win the game? You can't rely on decisions. Like, we know how bad the officials are. And like you said, we were shafted big time at Bournemouth. And I, I honestly believe if we get that penalty... We might, we're not even talking now. We'd be on holiday somewhere, all of us, yeah. all four of us. We wouldn't have been at Wembley yesterday because we would have seen out seconds. We would have played a full strength team against Hull and we got the job done. So, you know, it's maybe it does open itself out over the course of the season. Who knows? But uh, like you said, that's definitely worth 10, that one, because good gods. But yeah, it's just nice for the right side of it for once, especially the second of the low one. Bloody hell. Um, but yeah, Adam, of course, as I mentioned, uh, Bree Samba did sort of get in the wars a little bit. I don't know, well, or did he? Um, <laughs> there have been rumours swirling around that he feigned the injury so Horvath could get a medal. He was going to get one anyway because he's made five, six appearances. It was, it was, he only came out and said that he was just going to waste time anyway. So what did you make of the whole? Do you think he's genuinely injured? Do you think he was just trying to like milk it? What do you think? I mean... If you're going to shit ass, you do it in injury time. There was still about four minutes left when he kind of went down. And I kind of think, he, yeah, he, he is a professional at that. But I don't think he would have done it because I'd just be too much of a risk, really. I mean, you don't, I mean, it was six minutes. So the ref, so John Moss obviously added it on anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, no, I, I can't, I, I do generally think he was injured. I think it was the right call as well to bring Horvath on. People were, a little bit worried around us. I think he played well in the spell he had where he actually got a proper chance in a team that was performing well. So I wasn't worried about him coming on anyway. And and, and, and as we all know, Huddersfield didn't trouble us at, at all with, with regarding shots on target. So that didn't really matter. I think one of the strokes of genius Steve Cooper had yesterday was when they brought on John Russell and started to dominate that little bit more. I mean, where did Max Lowe come from to get on the bench? I do feel sorry for Richard Le- Richie Larea because he's obviously come in as a new player and, and not played too much. But Max Lowe's not played in this calendar year and managed to get on the pitch in the final. But a left-sided kind of quick fullback and allowing Colback to go into the middle to bolster and match them up was 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 brilliant because. He just added that bit of grit and he needed that bit more experience in there. And I just thought that was a stroke of genius from Cooper. He just it was a it was a brilliant chess match in in a sense because anything that Huddersfield did, he just he just reacted, and that's what you want. And that it's going to stand him so well in the Premier League. I still can't say we're in the Premier. I still can't believe we're in the Premier League, guys. 
Well, we are. <laughs> Just we are. No one's taking it. I can't wait to be talking about Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland and Ronaldo getting put in the Trent by McKenna's forearm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously a special note on McKenna. Um, obviously, he got he picked up man of the match at Wembley. I mean, I personally would have leaned more towards Ghana, but I think McKenna absolutely solid rock yesterday. You know, like man mountain of a bloke who's superb performance. But obviously, you know, on the at 24 minutes past six, I think it was. The referee did blow his full-time whistle. Uh, Reese, so obviously we'll, we'll just go come around to this, all of you. So w- when the whistle went, what was your reaction at full-time? Just... You wept like a fucking do? girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sad, Auntie. Yeah, tears, just pure emotion of, you know, the pain of, you know... I tweeted yesterday, you know, the teams who had played the four playoffs, the losing to Chester, the losing to Accrington, Woking, you know, playing Sol- being took to a replay by Salisbury and Weymouth and playing Yadin at home. You know, all these games and like I just mentioned, the, the playoff heartbreak, it just, yesterday, you know, that it made it all worthwhile. Um, and, you know, the scenes after were, were you know, they were a joy to behold. Um, I'm trying to stay level added now before I start tearing up again. But you know, the you know, when free from desire come on and the, that end was absolutely bouncing, and I was like, after I'd escaped Adam's clutches, um, <laughs> and hugged like you know, friends and that around me, I was just you know, looking around and taking it all in, and it was absolutely bouncing, and it, it's just so surreal because. You know, we've never had anything like this and it, it it still hasn't sunk in. I don't know when it will sink in. Probably when we step into the, you know, whoever we play on the first day of the season. Um, You know, that we're in the, and, you know, you see them Premier League sleeve badges on his arms again. And yeah, I don't know when it's going to sink in. It's just all a dream to me at the minute. I think for me, like, it'll be the um, release day on June 17th. I think it's when you see like, you know, you, you look at it, you look at Man City v Forest, you look at Liverpool v Forest, yeah. Forest v Chelsea, Forest v Spurs, Forest v Arsenal, and you realise they're not cup games. That's when it all hit. Like, oh, I mean, I mean like, you've just like listed there, like the big six, Christian. Then you're even talking of teams we've not played for years, the likes, you know, West Ham and Everton. I know New, obviously Newcastle next season will be a different team altogether. You know, a little bit of rivalry with Leeds. Yeah. Leicester, obviously, thinking of them, and yeah, just and uh, just 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 unreal, really is. Yeah, it's insane. It's all about you, Lee. What was your uh, what was your reaction at full time? Yeah, similar to very similar to to be honest. Um, Cried a little bit. Not ashamed to say it. Um, Like Reese just said, it was all the years of losing to Chester and playing shit like. Hayes and Yedin and stuff like that. And the constant ridicule, I think, as well. Like, you know what it's like with armchair fans and that. I mean, I had someone tell me I was nervous before Sunday and then someone told me last week, oh, well, you can watch the proper game on Saturday night first. Liverpool fan, never been to Anfield. It's like, proper game, is it? Not sure. But, um, yeah, it was just really emotional. Obviously, hugging random people, as you do at any football match when you win, I suppose. But like Reese says, once... Uh, freed from desire came on. I, I mean, I know that you guys had said, having been to Wembley before, it's kind of lost its appeal a little bit, but I just think because of the occasion, the first time I went, we've won, 
and just looking round at our side of the ground once, you know, with the various songs playing that some of the elderly people had never heard of, apparently. Um, it was just amazing, just seeing that many people just bouncing up and down and just enjoying themselves. And I think if you'd have said you're not going to be allowed in a football stadium for, what was it, the best part of 18 months, but when you come back, your season's going to finish like that, you'd probably take that 18 months of not watching your team play. Um, it's it's just been the absolute perfect season for me. And I've, I've always listened to fans kind of say, oh, if you're going to go up, you want to go up through the playoffs. And I've always thought, why? They're emotional. It's, it's emotional torture. But having now experienced it, there is really is no better way to go up. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, if you like the stress-free life, you probably would take first or second. Obviously, ideally, you want to win mm. the league, of course. But yeah, I mean, to have that at Wembley yesterday was just insane. Adam, what about you? What did you do at full-time, apart from trying pounce Reese. I, I, consol- I consoled Reese in my arms like a small <laughs> baby. Um, no, to be fair, I, I, I found I was really close um, to the tears. I mean, do you, when you get to watch like Rafiq Jabor and Jamal Abdoon, like, I mean... They, I you mean, love Abdoon? I do love Abdoon, yeah, I do. I do love a shit player, it's great. But like, I, don't, I just felt like it's such a, it's like a, it was like, it was like watching Rocky. So like we've we've come from the bottom, we've we've climbed up all them steps, and then we've finished it with with the finale. And I kind of feel like when when is a when's the director to come out and just say right that's a wrap and to cut and and then it was all a dream. Um, no, it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, just watching all the fans. I mean, what was brilliant about yesterday was driving down AM1 and people papping you and doing like fists up because you're Forest fans or whatnot. And then like around London, because you've got a red shirt on or whatever, people are just saying you reds and, and that doesn't really even happen around Nottingham because obviously everyone's there for the for that, for that anyway. But it was just felt like everyone was so together. I mean, I didn't realise how many people's scarves and flags until I seen like someone else's video from like quite high up at, at Wembley. And I just thought, Jesus Christ. I don't mean like... Yeah, it was brilliant. I think I've been more emotional afterwards, like listening to Frey's commentary and interviews with Cooper and and, and Warrell and Yates and Joe, like the lads who have been there since they were like eight years old because mm. they're fans just like us in a sense because they've seen all the shit. They've had to like really work hard to get to get where they are. And, they, and like same with fans, like because football clubs, obviously players come and go, but but fans are there, there before and after. So it was just brilliant. Like... Horrible. Steve Cook. Steve Cook summed it up like he hated it, <laughs> and and I think most people did. I was quite calm actually. I, I just saw the game when we was all right, but yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, from my perspective, I I, I felt I, yeah, when the full time whistle came, like, as soon as Horv after that kick, you know, you put your hands over like your mouth like that, sort of thinking, like, oh god, please, 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 just let this be it. Like, I mean, I, even when I saw the video, the the you know the the free match video at the start, you know, when I heard the um. Obviously, the infamous quote, I hope nobody's stupid, anybody's not stupid enough to write us off. Nia started crying then. I was like, Jesus Christ, we're here. Like, um, obviously, when we score, I went fucking mental at that, obviously. But no, it's only really sunk in at the end. The last 10 minutes, sort of sat down, sort of thinking, please, no, please, no, please, no. Don't do it. And I, I, I just dropped to my knees. I, I just burst into tears, just dropped to my knees. I couldn't believe it when the full time whistle went. My dad had to pick me up, but just sort of like sobbing into his chest. And then obviously, freed from his eye, started and it was like, da, 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 da. <laughs> but um, no, it was just, 
after so many years of just relentless shits of like missed opportunities of heartbreak of just pain you know you're just like of a whole generation of our age who haven't had anything other than just mediocrity and then to have that and like how many years you watch other other teams at Wembley and think why can't that be us you know why can't it be us why did we like lose 4-1 to fucking Stoke on the final day and do the impossible for the wrong reasons you know why did we throw away a two-goal lead against Yeovil why did we like blow up against Sheffield United why did we do this why did we do that you know why did Fawaz be a cunt for several years and like nearly kill the club why did we nearly end up going down to League One why did we go down to League One you know you have all these things sort of rushing through at once you think <laughs> it's almost worth it like when you get something like that it's like a home of football in front in like it's 37 and a half thousand Forest fans all wanting the exact same thing like relentless atmosphere just scarf waving flag waving everything and that pyro just will go off despite the fact that like you know they're meant to be allegedly searched they came in just like clouds of like red everywhere like I don't think I would swap that for anything yesterday that was just special beyond words and I'm so so glad that we can finally have something to cheer about because it's been far too long especially for club last action size far too long and hopefully like that is the last time for a while we play in that league, hopefully ever. You know, we have to start looking upwards now. But I'm yeah. a firm, be- I'm a firm believer that in football, it it really is a case of it's your turn. Um, I mean, a lot of my friends are Mansfield fans, and they were like, "We're going to be in League Two forever." And a club like that aren't going to be in League Two forever. They've gone through the playoffs this time and they've not done it. But it there will come a time. I think we've proved yesterday there will come a time where it is their turn. They will get. A, a crack at League One again. Um, and yeah, 14 seasons in playing in the same division. How boring is that? It, it, I, thought, I just felt like yesterday was, it's our turn to have a bit of glory and have our day in the sun, literally. I saw the best tweet today, which was something like, Derby and Forest have been trying to get out of the league for 15 seasons and both do it in different <laughs> ways. And I'm like, shit, yeah, Derby got relegated. That was quite funny as well, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was very funny. What, what worse moment to be a Derby fan? I mean, I don't want to talk about him too much, but you imagine your club nearly going out, going bust, but your rivals get promoted to the most luxurious <laughs> league in the world. And I mean, I looked at that table yesterday when every away game is actually really, you'd look forward to. Mm. I mean, there's about 20 London. There's about six London trips for you, Christian. You'll be sad. Yeah, yeah. Like about seven home games. <laughs> yeah. I, I, actually think, I actually think we're going to piss a lot of people off again next year as well, you know, because all those, all those teams you reeled off earlier, Christian, they're all going to be on Sky. Because yeah. there's, there's, there's a perfect backdrop for a story for Sky with Forest, isn't there? I mean, I know that fans just think, oh, you're always banging about the history. Well, we don't necessarily, but Sky do. Uh, and all those games are going to be on the box. So everyone's going to be like, oh, a Forest, the most newly promoted team to ever be on the box. And it's just going to rile it, it, absolutely. We're, it's going just, be, we're going to be like Millwall. It's just the small things, isn't it? Like, you know, you watch like Monday night football with, you know, Cara and Neville and they're, they're going to be like analysing the Forest game. And it's just like, you know, I see like um, a little list here of like random things What because we've been promoted, like being on, I know it ain't called FIFA now, but we all know it as FIFA. The ground will be on, and apparently we'll get the players. Players will get the face scans, and but you know, and and now obviously us lads playing FM Forest will no longer have a badge. I'm guessing. 
unless you download it. Yeah, I know. Joe, the forest bingo on Sky is going to be absolutely <laughs> terrible yeah, for someone. They're going to mention yeah. European cups every two minutes. Yeah. They're going to call us Knox Forest. And they're going to be like, they're going to just reminisce about this story of about, oh, we come from the bottom of the league and now they got promoted. That's what they're going to I, go on about. I enjoyed the tweet um, from the Man City fan yesterday. Yes. Like, you know, I, when I was Hank, just going to say that. When Hank has his attack in the lifting, breaking bad for those who watched it and on about us singing European <laughs> Cup, you would never sing that to him. Oh, I'm going to be rattling in his floor. Like you just said, Lee, about times, you know, Man City's time will come in that tournament because yeah, it's just yeah, too yeah. good. You know, probably PSG as well, to be fair. Yeah. There will come a time. So, yeah. Uh, one other thing I thought else, of course, uh, there was someone who much loved on Forest, which was, of course, Tom Head, who sat a few rows in front of me. <laughs> and at, at, at full time, um, yeah, again, I sort of went down a few rows and he's like, hugged him. Just, like, both of us just had like, wet eyes just came out it's like I cannot believe that like but yeah absolutely beautiful wonderful scene I think I saw him at one point going around the green man just randomly looking at everyone (laughs) I'm just I mean you know we've had that with this season you know football is a game of opinions and you know you argue with folk on Twitter and this and that and but for a fan base all to come together yesterday and everyone be together it's just a joy to be on I'm, I'm delighted for everyone you know there's people who've done every game this season for example you know um, and I'm delighted for them and as, as much as I'm, everyone associated with the club because the supports you don't you can't you not deserve it but or give them right to be in the Prem but the support the club's got is incredible and they've deserved especially for our generation a moment in the sun but nah you know once we've reflected on it and it's sunk in whenever well, that will be now's the time to put now's the time to try and push on you know like like Maranaki said we're not there to make the numbers up next season exactly we want to we, we want to push on and you know I know I don't like saying this but the lads down the road Leicester probably the benchmark you know, Wolves, Brighton, another couple where Forest will want to be in a few years' time. You know, a stabilised Premier League club. Absolutely. Do you, do you, I just want to touch on one more little thing. Is I'm really happy for like our generation of fan. I've seen all the crap, but I'm also really annoyed at the smaller generation of fans because they now <laughs> think we're quite good, and they've not seen the shit. They've probably been told by their parents plenty of times, but they go, "No, I don't know what you're talking about. That we're really good," and like, I'm, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm furious and I'm jealous. Go, go and YouTube Matt Derbyshire son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eugene Daddy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Anyway, um, now it is the end of the season. We've finally, we've had this in the pipeline for a long time. We weren't sure when, when we're going to do it, but now we can. We have our end of season awards and we also have a special guest of us, don't we, Emma? Um, <laughs> so Reese made a promise to uh, his girlfriend, Emma, who's, a, who's obviously a friend of all of us, who's been, bless her, asking every single time, can I come on, can I come on, can I come on? And Reese, in all his, deep down his good heart, promised her that if Forrest won at Wembley, he would get her on for at least one pod. And here she is. So hello, Emma. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so we will start with the Player of the Season Awards. And you know, obviously it was very difficult to narrow down one. So I said you can pick five. So we'll start, we'll, we'll go around Robin with these. So we'll go around all of ours and then obviously loop back and stuff like that. And yeah, seeing as you're fresh on the show, maybe we'll start with you first. So oh, okay. five players in the season go from uh, five to one. 
Well, I ran these through Reese earlier and he said they were quite controversial. So okay. see what you guys think. So I've got McKenna for uh, my first one. I just think he's been solid all season. Brick wall at the back, reliable, always there. Um, spent second, I think that kind of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cook, great signing. Experience, I think the experience that we need to see at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnson, goals, pace, balls in, everything you need. And Garner is always there with the assist, isn't he? So is Garner your player of the season then? No, she's gone the other way around. Oh, I'll McKenna, tell you, it's McKenna top. Oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah. top. Yeah, I went no, first five, sorry. That's okay, no worries. <laughs> no, uh, I think McKenna won't be a controversial choice here at all. I think um, we're pretty unanimous on that one. I think that's one that's pretty safely ticked off. We'll come, we'll come to that accordingly. Uh, Reese, what's yours? Go from five to one. Yeah, I'll go from five to one. So five, Sorry, Emma. It, was, it was, like you say, Christian was so tough. You know, I feel, I do feel bad for Warwolu, who's been reliable, and Ryan Yates, who's come on leaps and bounds, but they just miss out. Number five is Jack Colback. Just because, you know, he's not a left-back who's played brilliantly at left-back, you know, never causes a problem. And actually, he's been pretty good. Um, fourth is James Garner. He just misses out on the top three. You know, we're all big fans of Garner. He's just been brilliant to watch this season. And I really hope we can keep him in some capacity. Third is Jed Spence. You know, what do I say? Like Emma said about him, he's just been a revelation. One of the best, if not the best loan signing we've probably ever had now. Mm-hmm. Um, second is Brennan Johnson. I just think, you know, Lee at this, the nail on the head, I think I was on a tweet a few weeks ago, he is a match winner. There is games where he isn't as good as he can be or doesn't get involved as much, but you just know that if he gets a moment, he can win the game in a blink of an eye. And then number one, no hesitation, is Scott McKenna. Um, probably the only player, I think, under Chris Hewton who probably would have took some credit. Mm. He's been an absolute rock all season, you know, in the air. He's he's driving runs forward. Man in the match yesterday. And just so humble about it as well, you know, when you listen to him in interviews, he's nothing flash. Very similar to Cook and Warrell, to be fair. Um, but he's my player of the season. And, yeah, he's been... Honestly, you can count on, you know, one hand of bad games. He's had, you know, one or two, if that. So he's number one for me. That's more than fair enough, of course. Uh, Lee, what's your five? I go from five to one. Uh, so from five to one, in at number five, I went with Ryan Yates. Um, like Reese just said, it was difficult, but I just felt with nine goals, he kind of had to go in, um, to be honest. Uh, number four... I went with James Garner. Again, absolutely brilliant. Probably one of the best centre midfielders I've seen in my lifetime, to be honest, at Forest. Uh, number three was Jed Spence. Uh, speaks for itself. Andy Ryle, Neil Warnock. What's not to like about that? Um, number two is Brennan Johnson. Uh, and to be honest, he could have been number one. I just think anyone who scores 19 goals and gets, what was it, 11 assists or 10 assists? Probably should be winning player of the season, shouldn't they, really? I mean, it's, it's not going to be controversial, but I just felt like Reese has just said, Scott McKenna's just... You can count on a couple of fingers how many bad games he's had. And even then, they've not been bad games. They've just been kind of, you know, erratic moments and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think what fans are going to have to consider when they're picking the player of the season as well is it's for the whole season. I mean, 
you have to take into consideration those eight games at the start. Um, and like Lisa's just said, he was probably the only player who came out of that eight-game spell with every game it was always lost, but McKenna was brilliant again. So for that reason and, you know, for the continuity of his form, I went for McKenna over Johnson. That's more than fair. Adam, your top five from five to one? My players aren't controversial, but I think the order is slightly. Um, Brennan Johnson at five. Match winner, yes, but could go missing a lot um, in games. Has to adapt in the Premier League. James Garner at four, because what a baller. Jed Spence at three, no questions. Jack Colback at number two. A player who plays centre-mid and plays left-back all season, pretty much, and scores some vital goals, I thought, um, and was an experienced cog in what uh, in this promotion side. How dare someone leave him out for 18 months? Out and, and then that's just fucking stupid. Um, and then Super Scott McKenna at, at number one, as we've all clean sweep, I think. I think you'll probably go for it as well, Christian. What... What a bloke. Um, we'll get in the Scottish national side now and Scotland. Uh, Celtic and uh, Rangers fans can eat his dust. <laughs> um, my, uh, just that. my top five is actually the same as Lee's, in the same order. So I've also gone for Ryan Yates, number five. I think Great uh, minds. Yeah, exactly. Great minds. I think, bear in mind, I this time last year, I would have gladly sold Yates to Millwall or Borough for a million, if that. I mean, I was taking that as like taking the money and run. Like he was a League One standard player with the occasional good performance. This season, he has been at times you know, a solid, solid Premier League player. You'd have to say with nine goals that he's put in. The turnaround has been beyond comprehension. I think Cooper deserves a medal for that alone. Like the way Yates has gone from you no know, surplus to you no know, star boy midfielder. So. Fair play to him for that. So he goes in number five for me, just ahead of Colback. Uh, number four is James Garner, of course. Again, like we said, in terms of you know technical ability, I don't. Apart from Aaron Ramsey, I don't think we've seen a player that good at Forest. And Ramsey, we only had fleetingly anyway. So to see Garner for a year and a half has been special, and I hope we can get another, at least another year out of him because he's such a good player. Three is Spence. Like Reese said, I don't think you think pick a better loan signing ever. He's like we all said about like you know obviously. Christie's sort of divided opinion, but was largely pretty solid, I thought. But obviously, he had big shoes to fill in cash. You know, and now we've got, you know, Spence has made his cash's uh, shoes look very small in comparison. We're going to have a very hard, hard job uh, replacing him if we can't keep him. Hopefully, we can. Number two, Brennan Johnson. Again, figures fix himself. Like, what a season he's had. Unbelievable player. I can't wait to see how he develops in the Premier League. And away from the clutches of that absolute clown, Thomas Frank at Brentford. And number one is Scott McKenna, clean sweep. So, yeah, and as we've touched upon, it's a full season, even in the Hewton uh, era when we were abysmal to be as a compliment. McKenna was the only shining light. It was the only one who looked good. And even at that point, you'd have thought, like, you know, Forrest might not actually go down because of how good McKenna is. So, you know, over course of a season, it's got to be Scott McKenna. So, Red Side of the Trent player of the season, by unanimous verdict, is Scott McKenna. Woo. So, goal of the season time. So, again, Emma, we'll start with you. What's your goal of the season? I was torn between two, and I've been toying with the two all afternoon, but I think Surridge is against Swansea has edged it. Ooh. So, the, the third one, 
Yeah. Yeah. The curler. The curler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Reese said it on a previous pod from where we were stood. You yeah. didn't think it was going in. Mm. And then you watch it back and his technique, everything about it. That's it for me. Okay. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, that is, that's a special mention for me. The one at Blackpool as well is another special mention where he finished. That was a lovely goal. So ruthless um, that was he just, yeah, like, that was just yeah. the pass and the, the touch and the finish was just you know that's what we're hoping for next season, that Premier League quality. I've gone for Colback against West Brom. You know, is, is it is it a fluke? Was it this, was it that? Who cares? It's just it was just crazy, wasn't it? And yeah, to see that land in from a like Adam said, a sentiment playing left back and lob David Button was wanted in goal, he was chirping all night. That was um yes. yeah, funny and very good perfect Lee what's your goal of the season um, I've got two special mentions the one that Colback scored I can't give him goal of the season because I'm still not convinced he meant to do it um, oh. uh, but yeah it was good it did look good um, I also enjoyed Garner's goal away at Blackburn okay um, you know where Davis kind of bulldozed his way through and then slipped in Garner and thought that was a big goal I've actually gone for Spencer's goal uh, against QPR Purely because I think we were losing at that point and we didn't really look like scoring. And I think if QPR had beat us that night, they'd have gone about six or seven points in front of us. So, again, you should really pick a goal of the season just on how good the goal is. But I think taking everything into context, that's why I've gone to Spence against QPR. No, that's fair enough. It was a hell of a strike. There. I mean, to be fair, he's, un- he's unfortunate Colbeck's done that because in any other normal year, yeah. that's, yeah, you, know, you sign it, seal it right there. Um, Adam, what's your goal of the season? I mean, there's a, there's a few um, special mentions. Sinkanagos against Reading. I don't think yeah, I've spoken about on. enough. His one against uh, Swansea as well was good. Um, I was toyed between two uh, for like, I mean, Emma, Emma and Reese have, have, have mentioned the two Surridge goals, Swansea and Blackpool. Mine were between Brennan Johnson v Blackpool because uh, I like the dink. I mean, that, that showed yeah, his real quality. Right. And I liked his volley, to be fair, just because I liked how it nestled in that bomb corner. It was brilliant. Um, but I'm going to agree with Lee. Jed Spence against QPR. Yeah. It was just such a vital moment in the season. Um, and then we just went and absolutely walloped him after that. It just kind of woke us up and went, these aren't very good. <laughs> um, let's take him to the cleaners. And, and yeah, cracking finish. I mean, for a right back to do that is absolutely outrageous. It definitely is, yeah. It was a hell of a hurt. Uh, I think one, uh, it's certainly I've forgotten mentions, I think Graben against Bur- Birmingham away, that was a hell of a goal that, where he sort of just picked up and just went, actually, you know what, we also, we always, always associate Graben as just in the box, you know, finisher, and there he is 25 yards out, just picking the top corner out, that was a hell of a hit. Um, I, again, came down, narrowed it down to two in the end, it was um, you know, Spence against QPR and Colback against West Brom, and I've gone for Colback, because I just think that, you know, that's... A, Again, like it's just unbelievable. I, I fully believe he's meant that. I, I honestly believe the way he's, his body shape, the way he's gone, to, the way it's come across his foot. I think he's meant that. So it does mean a bit of a deadlock, though. So Emma, as you're an independent, independent adjudicator mm-hmm. here, what is your? Is you, you you got your choice of goal then? So Colback against West Brom or Spence against QPR? Spence against QPR was my other choice, so I'm gonna give the final verdict and say that's then the one. Spence against QPR is like all the season. That is that settled. Independent choice. There you go. You're making yourself at home already. <laughs> <Perfect>. Sorry, Reese. <laughs> um, anyway, 
<laughs> so now on to signing of the season. And I've given you all a cop-out option here because I've given you a permanent and a loan signing of the season. So, Emma, what is your permanent signing first and then your loan signing afterwards? Oh, I wasn't prepared for this cop-out. Um, but I'd probably say Cook because my permanent one. Okay. You know, all-rounder, I think, you know, we've said it countless times together. He's, he's just the experience that you need at the back mm. to see how the season has been there, seen it, done it, Annie. So he'd be my permanent one. Um, my loan one would be Spence, without a shadow of a doubt. No doubt in my mind. Uh, Rafe, are you? Yeah, I, I I, mean, Emma's took the words out of my mouth for permanent. I just think Steve Cook, when we signed him, like Emma just said, he's been there, done it, that experience. You can't put a price on that experience. And you can you just see the effect he's had on the whole club. I mean, he's took to the club as well. And I thought he was rock, a rock yesterday. Mm. Um, and he's put in some superb performances. You know, he was a bit rockety at the start. You know, the derby lunge and Cardiff away. But since then, he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, my loan signing, I'm going to go for Garner because I just think as well with Garner being such an amazing player, he he has brought the best out in Ryan Yates as well. I just and and Yates has allowed Garner to have more of the ball, and they them two have complemented each other so well. And then that scene, you know, throughout the season, was it four or five times when they combined? You could even say really yesterday was a combination of them two. Garner's ball, Yates has run. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to see us make. I'm sure we will do. Um, make a bid for him to bring him back permanently. You've got to remember how young they are as well, Reese. Like Garner's yeah. 21, Yates, what, yeah. 24, 25? I mean, it's yeah. pretty good as well. Definitely, yeah. Lee, what's your signings of the season? Loan and permanent? Uh, permanent Steve Cook. Um, I thought he'd be a pretty shrewd signing in the first place. Um, I'm just picking him purely because one of my predictions before he's kicked the ball's actually come off rather than <laughs> me fancying him and then him being utter shit. So, um my lone one's actually quite controversial. Um, but I'm going for Zinconago. Um, purely because he works his bollocks off, which I think often slips under the radar. I think in that role he plays as a number 10, we have had number 10s in the past who have kind of only really been interested when we're going forward, whereas Zinconago does do a lot of running that he probably doesn't have to. And despite that, he's still got seven goals and 10 assists this season. So... Yeah. Just for the sake of being a little bit different, because I anticipated you lot would either go for Garner or Spence. I'm going to go for Zinconago. Okay, no, good, because I have different opinions. Adam, what have you gone for? For your loan and permanent? Uh, permanent was so difficult. I've got two. Steve Cook is an obvious one. It just kind of reminded me of what Cooper did at Swansea with, with Ryan Bennett. Like just brought in that player who's, who's been there and done it. Um, I mean, Bournemouth, is that's a big... I know they went up still, but what a cockle, really. Um, the bloke's still 30. I know he looked like he's aged about 10 years yesterday, but he's, he's still, he's been brilliant. He's took he's took to took to us like a duck to water. Um, but I'm actually going to go a bit against the grain and I'm going to say Sam Surridge. I mean, grab, grab him, don't get injured. We don't sign him. He comes in last minute and he scored, was it nine goals? Um, he's a great finisher. He seems like a top lad. He, I mean, the story I read in the Athletic where he almost gave up football is phenomenal. Um, and he's proved a bit of a point because people looked at his record and went, no, he's not a goal scorer. Um, 
he is. He's a box player. Give him those chances. He scores goals, I think. Um, I think he will be an asset in the Premier League, whether it's a starter or as a, a squad player. We'll, we'll definitely need him. Um, loan sign-in. I anticipated you all saying, I have a Spence or Garner. So I've gone for the absolute man-mountain, Keenan Davis. Um, the bloke tried to get naked earlier today in the market square <laughs> as we record this. Um, and I think he... I think he would like to stay. Um, I've yeah. heard already £15 million. I mean, I'm not sure if I'd pay that, but I've never... He's just he's just been phenomenal. Uh, again, a bloke who's not got a terrific goal-scoring record, but he just brings so much to us. Um, and I think he'll thrive on the challenge next season, especially against his old team, if he if he's playing for, for the red and white. Let's hope he is. I really hope he is. Like I, I agree with you. I think £15 million is probably a bit too steep, but I really hope we can sort of negotiate that somewhat uh, so mine I, my permanent signing of the season I've also gone for Sam Surridge because for similar reasons for you uh, Adam obviously they take away nothing from Steve Kirk obviously don't get me wrong like you know, the, the transformation from our defence going from like you know, the wall of Nottingham if you like over, pretty much came from Cook's you know, leadership and whatever else so that obviously hugely important signing but I just think you know like so Rabba got injured I mean, when Davis got injured as well, so Surridge has only really had like you know twenty-minute cameos, pretty much. He gets a run of starts and starts burying teams with goals, like you know, obviously the hat trick against Swansea. You know, he scored the match winner against Peterborough. You know, of the goal at Blackpool, again, came off the bench. You know, starting against Huddersfield in the FA Cup, should have had one legitimately goal that's allowed again by a terrible official. Then scored, makes up for it by nesting one in the top corner. I think you know he's. The dynamic between him and Surrey Davis is very different, and I love how we utilise both, even not on the pitch at the same time. I think Surrey has been a tremendous sign for two million pounds. Like I think we've got nine goals for us. Like you know, if you sign any striker in January, if they get seven, it's a good return, a really good return. So for him to get nine goals, just tremendous, like tremendous signing, and fair play to the recruitment team for that. My lone signing was Jed Spence, just because I, no one's saying. How are we going to replace Matty Cash? The question is now, how are we going to replace Jed Spence if he goes? So he gets my pick for that. So, but by virtue of elimination. So it looks like Cook has got our permanent signing of the season and Spence is our temporary light signing of the season. Who we hope to permanent one next year. Anyway, on something a bit more uh, jovial. Funniest moment of the season. Emma, start with you. I had a, had a few, but I've been told that I can't say them. Okay. Um, so I'll let you know those. In private. Um, <laughs> All these smoke and mirrors. And stuff, <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with Spencer's tweet from yesterday. Okay, yeah. Anyone that has a dig at Neil Warnock is a friend of mine. Anyone that says anything bad about him is a friend of mine. So it was just a great bit of banter to round off the day. And to be fair to Warnock, he took it quite well. You know, he could have bit, he could have, you know, been yeah. a bit spiteful, but he took it really well and I just thought it was great. So that's my funny moment of the season. Perfect. Reese, what's yours? See, I'm on the other end of the scale. I love Neil Warnock. So and that was t- that was typical Warnock to me. Like I say, took it in jest and it was good. It was nice to see that was. Like Emma just said, how many people would, you know, get Marty about that little bit of a comment. So mine, um, I'd be surprised if any of you got it, is after we drew 1-1 at Derby, Ravel Morrison saying that their whole team was better than all of our players and then subsequently getting sent off in the return game after coming on to try and save the game for um, is my funniest moment of the season plus obviously them going down as well yes um, yes. so all that combined is my funniest moment this season Perfect. Lee what's yours? 
Um, I've got there's two really funny moments from yesterday. I thought I don't know if this tickled either of you, but on the pitch at the end, I can't believe how many players channeled the inner John Terry, John Terry with full kits on. <laughs> yeah. I, I know he's grabbing in full kit. Yeah, grabbing, Jordan Smith practically had his gloves on. I think it's like he's going for a kickabout. <laughs> And it's like, come on. I mean, yeah, we're a club track suit or something, but actually stick the full kit on with names and numbers on the back. I mean, it just it just really tickled me. It probably shouldn't have done. Probably my simple mind, to be honest. But And then another one in the dressing room afterwards, Jed Spence is in charge of the music and he puts on Alice DJ, Better Off Alone. Again, it tickled me because I had a look when that song was number one. 1999, Jed Spence was one. Um, <laughs> again, just really tickled me. Uh, but I've actually gone for Chris Uton, um earlier this season, bemoaning that the squad wasn't good enough um, and that he needed better players. Um, I think he worded it something like that. And, well, I mean, that's absolutely hilarious looking at yesterday, isn't it? So oh, yeah. that's my funniest moment. Perfect. Adam, what's yours? I got confused and thought you wanted five. I've got about ten. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just, just, one, just one will suffice. Um, <laughs> I mean... Samba versus Derby, just boiling piss. Um, Yates is swimming. Yeah, uh, my rant swimming. against Huddersfield in the f- fixture at home when I told I said Corbrown was a fraud, and then they <laughs> then they ended up beating us one 0 and I and I ate all my words. Um, Steve Cook saying that they're going to get absolutely Jack Grealished, uh, which I thought was, was go full Grealish, which I thought was brilliant. But actually, uh, this game today. Sarcastic Forest admin reveal that he's John Moss. That was quality. I've never laughed so much in my life. <laughs> so good. Oh, whoever runs that account will love that. But yeah, <laughs> I've gone for, I picked out a few. I think, um, I think none of us actually mentioned on pitch thing apart from obviously Lee with the, um, what's it, the full kits. I thought Cafu's celebration against Swansea. Bear in mind, it made us 4-1 up. The game was already done. And he celebrated like it was a 95th-minute winner in the World Cup final. <laughs> it was absolutely... It was the most heartwarming thing all season, I think. Bless him. First for his goal, he's like, done at least like that 15 metres into the away end. So that was gold. Obviously, Derby going down was brilliant. Um, Swansea picking out that Cooper would, would fail for us was quite funny. Still is. Obviously, Spence's tweet um, against... Uh, it's worn up. But I think my funniest moment of the season is when Upper Bridgeford decided to print off a load of fake £5 notes against Derby and make it rain down above them. And we all with someone about Mel Morris's face on it. It was the, honestly like, in terms of hatred, I don't think anything could sum up how we feel about that club anymore. Their dire time of need, Boris fans print off fake money and throw it at them. So that is, that's my funnest moment of the season. I've just got another quick one as well. When uh, the Borough game at home on a Hewton, when someone had a Hewton artband and spelt his name wrong, <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> that's what I was thought you was going to say, Christian, when you said that. And it no, just no. triggered that in my mind. But no, just, uh, we'll go we'll go to the raining comments. Obviously, that's not really a problem. <laughs> one. We'll go for a joint one for that. But yeah, um, this one's to be pretty straightforward. I think most improved player, uh, Emil, start with you. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've been the first one to shout over the last few years, you know, for a PG, God's sake, you know, God's sake, Yates, Yates this, Yates that. Um, I'd have happily got rid of him, like you said, Christian, earlier. But I don't know what what Cooper's done to him, but I just think he's slotted in really well. He, you know, he's got the freedom. He's played five yards further forward. I just think most improved by country mile. Mm. <clears throat> Definitely. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's the same for me. And I quite, I feel a little bit bad now at times that I have um, given him a bit of stick at time because, like Emma just said, you know, with a good coach, he's proved that he's capable. How I describe Yates now is he, he is a tiny bit less robust Samba Sal, but he can score as well. Mm. And, like, and like that combination we had under Lamucci. Watson and Sal complemented each other so well. We've now got that with Garner and Yates, but especially with Garner, you've got a better quality of passer of the ball. And, you know, he's proved he's proved us wrong. He's proved a lot of people wrong. And you know what? I'm absolutely delighted for the lad. You know, he's yesterday and that. It just seems like he does. He is a great lad. Um, I think there, was, there was no denying that as well. No one ever... You know, I think people get lost a bit saying that folk hate him and dogs abuse is a term I've seen on Twitter. You know, I won't say critiquing someone's performance is dogs abuse. You know, that's like more of a personal insult, but fair play to the lad. And, it, you know, he loves the club and you could see yesterday how much it meant to the Nottingham lads. So, yeah, definitely him. Me? Yeah, um, echo what Lisa just said. Um got to be eight. So I think over the course of the season um, he's been vastly improved and uh, again I echo what Reese has just said about him and being a nice lad and that and I've always said I wish they all cared about Forrest as much as Ryan Yates mm. especially when he was in the team when um, with all due respect to a lot of players we had at the various times he's played for us um, they've been mercenaries haven't they come for a big a big wage because they know they'll get it and done absolutely nothing for us so yeah I think uh, it is good to see that he's uh, finally getting the you know, the praise that he's probably deserved this season. I would just like to give a... An, if he'd played more often, I would probably consider Figueredo, to be honest. Yes. I think the work that Cooper's shout. done... I think the work that Cooper's done with him... I mean, Cooper's probably improved every single player when you think about it. Mm. Um, but just just on the basis that Yates has been in the team all season, I think he's probably just going to get the nod over Figueredo for me. That's fair enough, yeah. Adam? This was really difficult because the, the, the obvious one is Ryan Yates... We, I mean, we've slagged him off to the hills. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. That's what we've done. Joe Warrell's improved. I think he's learned his lesson from that Derby debacle where, where we where we bottled it. I don't want to say Ryan Yates because I think everyone said it. I'm going to say Brennan Johnson. Yeah, he come from loan, loan to League One. We, we humans telling us that he's not good enough. The blokes had nearly a 30 goal in, involvements this season in a, in a in a better league. Uh, twenty most most of the season he's been twenty. He's just turned twenty one. I'm I'm going to give it to him just because I think the championship is such a hard league. You need that talisman, and he's been that for us this season. Especially when you we lose grabbing for the majority of it. Surridge and Davis have come in halfway through. Um, I just I, I think I'm going to give it to him. I think he deserves it. That's fair enough. Yeah, I've, I mean, I can't I disagree with that. To be fair, with Johnson, I mean, I've, I've have gone for Yates because I think it's, you know, the transformation is ridiculous. But you're right. I mean, like I said to you on this pod before, like I don't take if he's my always rule with players is you half their numbers they come up from the league below. So for Johnson to match or exceed them in some cases is just unheard of. So yeah, that's a very fair shout. And um, but yeah, Ryan Yates is my pick, and so obviously by four to one, he's our most improved player, uh, unsung hero, Emma. Cole back for me, I think, you know, all spells he's had with us, I think he's been an absolute brick wall. Um, he's played left back for uh, certainly the second half of the season. Mm. 
you know, he didn't have to, he's been called upon, he's always been there. And he saved me from a lot of earache at QPR away when uh, Reese made the treacherous journey down and he scored in the last minute. So he's got to be my <laughs> own hero, definitely. <laughs> Reese, what about you? Yeah, if if I'm going play-wise, it, it would have to be Colbat, but I've I've gone for a wild card choice. And my unsung hero of the season is the absolute legend that is Steve Hodge. For the, <laughs> just for the commentary, what he provides and the the belting out of the yes. You know, yesterday's was just you know, you feel you feel like he's at his peak and then he just comes up with another one. I literally think his head went through Wembley roof yesterday with the so one. It needs someone to do a montage <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. And to be fair, you, you know, you know what, that's for like the whole team at Radio Nottingham because you know, obviously Chipper's left in to, but they provide brilliant coverage on you know, and I can work into the BBC here. And the, you know, we're very sport with the coverage they give us and you know, actually like attention to detail they give us with Forest, you know, and Colin, you know, that picture of Colin Frey looking at Steve Coopy today, like, you know, like he was just like he's the sexiest woman alive. It's, um, yeah, brilliant. But oh, if we're going player, definitely callback, you know. Playing half a season at left back when he's a centre mid and not put a foot wrong for us. Brilliant. Lee, how about you? Um, I toyed with Colback. Um, I was a bit gutted I couldn't get him in my top five for player of the season, to be fair, but I've gone for Samba. Um, okay. I just think, again, since Cooper come in, I think it was after he got sent off at Stoke against Stoke, actually. Yeah, I think he had seven games out of the team. And to be fair, since he's come back in, I don't think he's put a foot wrong. Um, and obviously, because of the, the Sheffield United heroics, I, I just went with Samba. No, that's fair enough. Adam, who did you go for? Goalkeepers Union and all that, Lee, eh? Um, <laughs> I think I'd love to put Cole back. I'm going to actually put the hype man that is Cafu. I just think a player that is very bit part, but still is giving his all for the team in terms of support and and everything else is is brilliant. I mean... I'd hate to be someone that's just sitting on the bench picking up a wage, mm. uh, and for someone like him, who's he is a good player on his day. I think I think he's quite a technical, technically good player, and he's done well for us when he's had to be called upon. Took a penalty against Sheffield, which is which is brave. Um, I just think he's been brilliant. He loved it yesterday, didn't he? He was he was great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we give it Cafu. Uh, yeah, I mean, my choice is I've also gone for Cafu as mine. I think. Um... Like you said, it must be horrible being a sub, but you, you wouldn't have felt he'd been a sub the whole time. Like, you know, like these, you see, like when we scored away at Sheffield United, uh, when Johnson scored, he was on the bloody pitch celebrating with the players. Like, you know, he's just like, he's, he's, he just gets it. Like, it, like I said before, a bit like Moosey, where the club just got under his skin and he just got properly invested. Like, Cafu's exactly the same. It's really like, you know, he presses well when he comes on. You know, he's got a, a still neat touch here and there. He's quite strong on the ball. I mean, he's not like, He's not like a banner act or anything like that. He's actually a useful player when he plays. But like, yeah, I think he's just so patient, always team first. And I think you know, players like that will always go along the lines. I've also gone for um as a wildcard pick, I've gone for uh Richie Sumter, the club photographer, because you know, every single game we just get banging photos basically. And I'm pretty sure he's in charge of alternate angle as well. So hopefully now our Premier League club will get alternate angle and bench cam back, we can hope. But no, the pictures are perfect. So it's the way I come out. So those are my two picks. Um, we've got another split. So Colback or Cafu. Uh, Lee, I'll let you pick this one because obviously Emma's picked Colback. <laughs> so <laughs> who have you gone for? 
I think on the basis that I was going to include him ahead of Samba, I'll have to go callback. Oh, callback it is. Hype man has to wait for another day. <laughs> on the bench, I don't But anyway, it's now on to the big one. Moment of the season. And I've given you five for these. So again, from five to one, Emma, you go first. There's that many that you could have picked. I think it was hard to pick five. Um, managed to narrow it down. So my fifth one, I've gone with Coventry. Um, you know, despite the result, it was the return of football, you know, after what was a tough time with lockdowns and COVID and things like that. Just having the day with your friends and your family and being back all together. Got to be top five for me. Um, my fourth was Blackpool away. Um, certainly for me, if not the others, I would say that's the time when I first started to believe that we could do it. Um, great all-round performance. They never looked like scoring. Um, McKenna's ball into Surridge for that last goal. Great day. Great day. Um, my third one, I'd have to say, was Bristol City away, the Loud Taylor Masterclass, yep. um, which I don't know if Reese has told you, but I spoiled the result for him because we were slightly behind. <laughs> um, I started to cheer. He then realised what we'd done. Um it was a turning point in our season, Bristol City away. You know, the hype of that, that shirt as well. Um, so that's number oh, three. <laughs> number two, the chef you shoot out. Um, the whole of the second half, you know, you just had in the back of your mind that Forrest would do a forest. And then you get to the shootout and you think, here we go, we're going to do a forest in, you know, the worst way possible. I personally couldn't watch it. I couldn't tell you we scored or missed any of them until <laughs> we got home. Um but just to go through to the playoff final in that way, that's got to be number two. Um, number one, I think we'll probably all go with the same, but yesterday, yeah. um, that feeling at full time yesterday when that whistle went and realising that we're there and we've made it, we're a Premier League club, was, it'll take a lot to be topped. That's my moment of the season. <clears throat> love that, love that. Race, what have you gone for? Um, the couple I just missed, I'm going to give a special mention to Yates' header at Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lap of South Bank that night celebrating that goal. Um, and then, oh, I can mention Blackpool. But for number five, it's not a particular um, massive moment. But for those who made the trip, Colbach's goal at QPR, just, just something, I don't know what it is, it's just something about that goal. Um, but like, because we had a couple of penalty shots, Dawn and They'd gone ahead and it was like, oh, we're going to get beat. Because it was a horrible trip down as well. And for that to just go in like a deflection and, you know, the scenes at that end as well afterwards was brilliant. Um, even the trip home was a bloody nightmare because the horse got out onto the M1 and had to come off the motorway and bloody all sorts that night. So, um, number four is the 4-1 win against Leicester. Um, I'll never forget being in Stratford Avon before the game and was a lad chirping up to me saying, oh, Huddersfield in the next round. I says, yeah, yeah very um, very winnable draw if we win today. And he was like, you're not going to win today, mate. And he turned out to be a Leicester fan. So to then smash him 4-1 and absolutely bully him, you know, Sion Su was linked with, you know, top clubs a few years ago and take their FA Cup off them in their big day out was, yeah, a nice one. And for, obviously, Forrest's performance as well against a, you know, stabilised Premier League club was brilliant. Uh, number three is Taylor of Bristol City. You know, like I said, Emma just spoiled sport it for me. Um, we'd just seen the equaliser go in, and I think she was like, "You're not going to believe what's happened." And I was like, "Don't tell me they've got none over ever scored." And then she was like, "No, we have." So we obviously watched it and 
seen that going, which was, I'm still jealous of the people who made the trip that night because I undenied about it. Um, number two, you know, Samba's heroics in the shootout. You know, I wanted pussy like him and actually did watch it um, through my fingers, I must say. But yeah, you know, um, to do that was just after obviously the, how the game had gone as well. I thought that took some bottle from us, to be honest, um, because all the momentum really was with Sheffield United, you'd have to say. And then obviously, number one, you know, all, I'm sure it'll be all the same just when John Watt Moss put that whistle to his mouth yesterday and blew it. And obviously, you know, in the Premier League for the first time in century, it would just, you know, that that's the moment we've been waiting for all season. And it's actually a reality rather than a fantasy. So, Lee, your five moments this season. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I could have probably picked 55. Um, I've gone number five, just the, the entire FA Cup run. Um, again, I could have gone for individual games and that sort of stuff, but I just thought the whole run was amazing. The city ground was rocking. Um, so yeah, that's number five. Number four was Taylor at Bristol City. Obviously, you've covered that. Um, I actually nearly went through the bloody... I was watching it in the bedroom while the missus was watching something downstairs. I think she thought I was going to come through the ceiling at one point. Um, and then number three, I went for Samba Heroics against Sheffield United. Um, number two... I toyed with two here. It was either Yates' header at Sheffield United um, or just the appointment of Steve Cooper. I can't believe nobody said that yet. I mean, I know it wasn't, perhaps when he was appointed, it wasn't an amazing moment, but when you look at it, you know, contextually now, you've got to say that was a real sliding doors moment for us as a football club. Um, Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, I've gone for Cooper's appointment at number two and then, obviously, yesterday, just... John Moss will etch his name into Forest Folklore for blowing that full-time whistle when he did. Um, bigging a ref up again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, it was just amazing, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it, it's got to be that. I, I'd be amazed if any of you two don't say that as, as the best moment of the season. Sure. Um, Adam, your top five? Um, I almost didn't say it as number one, Lee. I'm not going to lie. But, um oh. Number five, Blackpool away. I went with Reese and, and Emma. I took my, my wife for the first first Forest away game. She's not a massive Forest fan, but she absolutely loved it. Um, she learned some new phrases, like great ball that, so that was good. Um, number four, Steve Cooper being appointed. Told you I'd put it, I, knew, I had to put it in. I mean, moment of genius. I, I'm looking forward to going back to when we appointed him and hearing all of our opinions, because obviously there was a big, debate between him and Wilder. Number three, Lyle Taylor v Bristol City. That will never be repeated as, as far as I know. Um, number two is not Samba's heroics for the for the penalties because that was amazing, but his save against Illaman and Jai, I just thought that's it, it was a it was a fine margins when it a stud kept it out. And then number one is a, a joint one of the final whistle but Colin Frey and, and Hodges' uh, comms on it is is magnificent. Mm. It's pure elation. So I'm, I'm going for that. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think he's he's been great for Colin Frey, hasn't it? Like I said, like when he um, what's it that uh, it was when he interviewed Cooper after the United game, like you said, Adam, when Cooper was like, oh, you know, I'm really pleased for you to get to go to Wembley, 
and like you can tell Colin Frey was so taken aback by that little personal touch it's just small things like that which is so the manner of the man that Cooper is but yeah it's been it's been great to, I think we're very lucky to have Colin Frey commentating on Forest Games and like Lee said before like when he eventually does call it a day and goes off into the sunset do whatever he does we're gonna have very very hard time replacing him or finding anyone on his level really uh, so my five, I've, my number five for me is Lewis Graben's goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup, because well, aside from living in the south, me surrounded by Arsenal fans, which was very pleasing to come back to from that. It was, I thought that was the start of the run because I think you know we sort of like pretty we lost the game before that, and we had a pretty tough week going into that Arsenal game. You know, um, we were meant to have Barnsley, and that obviously got you know uh, canned because of COVID, and yeah, you know, to go and take a side that literally lost out on top four in the last week of the season and to restrict them to not a single shot on target and then to get that goal like we did yeah that that was good that was that was very very satisfying uh number four for me is Yates's header against Sheffield United's way again you know I've got tickets for that my dad's birthday it was a four hour trip there we're one nil down we've dominated the game we've missed a penalty and I'm thinking fuck's sake I've got my dad a birthday present of a forest defeat brilliant and on top of that obviously you know further losing ground at Sheffield United at that point as well. It was a game we couldn't really afford to lose if we would have any serious intentions of finishing the top six. And then 95th minute, James Garner puts it exactly where you want it. Yates flicks his header across. You see Ollie McBurney, the tosser, just crumple to the floor, knowing it's in before it's in. It gets, gets better every time you watch it, that one. Number three is Taylor's winner against Bristol City. Again, like having been at Reading when that happens when we scored the 95th minute and conceded the 96th. So watch that on TV. To watch the reaction of Forest players when Taylor scores a penalty, or everyone gets the ball, everyone back. It was like, hang on a minute, this isn't quite over yet. And then went off again, much like Lee, I nearly went through my like, the roof pretty much. It was a, a moment to savour that one. And number two, yeah, I've gone for Samba shootouts again. Again, I think... The Hurrahan penalty, especially where you just stand still and just bats it onto the bar. It's like, like balls of steel to even stand still in a penalty shootout for a keeper. And do a tip on the ball is brilliant, but it is the Gibbs White one I've gone for just because you know, obviously sent us to Wembley, got people on the pitch, some of us on this call. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, number one, the full time whistle at Wembley because it meant that Nottingham Forest are Premier League side again. So that is our. That was our moment of the season. So a quick rundown for you. Player of the season for the Red Side of Trent, Scott McKenna. Goal of the season has gone for Jed Spence against QPR. Signing of the season, permanent, Steve Cook. Signing of the season, loan, Jed Spence. Most improved player, Ryan Yates. Unsung hero, Jack Colback. And moment of the season, Wembley. So, yeah, that is it. Thank you all for listening, guys. We'll obviously keep you updated as and when we're coming back I'm sure we've got lots to talk about with you know transfers and that sort of stuff and obviously pre-season friendlies as and when they arise but just remember Nottingham Forest are a Premier League club and as the Falls of Garibaldi banner said we have conquered and we will conquer still on to next year on to the top flight you Reds take care guys away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home advantage of McDelivery you win Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.